thriving is part and parcel of a few things. Somebody feels optimistic, if they feel like they have true equitable opportunities, if they feel a sense of belonging to their teammates and their leader and their community and their uh, organization, and then if a sense of well-being, which is more important than ever, that physical, financial, and psychological well-being, then I think, I think that's what thriving is about to me. That is Jason Fisher, Chief Human Resources Officer for Bridgestone Americas. His focus is supporting and developing our greatest resource, our people, and he's helping lead the drive to ensure we all have a chance to thrive. Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley, and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone Americas podcast exploring our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. We focus a lot on what we do at Bridgestone but how we do it is equally important. That's why in addition to our foundations, our vision and our business, our team is also a key focus pillar of our North Star framework. Creating and maintaining a culture that attracts, develops, retains and empowers its employees doesn't just happen overnight. It's always evolving and it takes buy-in from all sides. We'll talk to Erica Walsh, Executive Director of Sales for Firestone Ag about how she has seized opportunities across her career journey, while also creating some of her own. But first, we start with Jason, who, as you'll hear, is just as excited as we are about our new Today, Tomorrow, Together, We Thrive mantra. After all, he's one of the folks who helped create it. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, Jason Fisher joining us uh, right now on the Thrive Podcast to talk about what is what some of our favorite topics here at the show is our people. People are our most important asset. It's what makes Bridgestone go. So, Jason, thank you so much for being here to, to break down our people with us today. Glad to be here, Keith. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And we see this as a pillar, right, of the, the four main pillars of the North Star. Um, we go through our business and our vision and our foundations, and we close with, with our people. And really, it's because everything we do starts and stops with the human beings who are helping bring these visions to life and our business to life. So what is the overarching theme from your point of view when you try to explain somebody that pillar specifically within the North Star of our people? Yeah, so I think you said it really well, Keith. I mean, it all begins and ends with our people and everything we do. All of the success and sustainable success that we that we have had and will have and want to have in the future depends on our people, which is captured in that our team pillar. Um, and what people are going to see more of is just the way we've tried to encapsulate that is with the today, tomorrow, we thrive mantra. And, and, and it's something that is really meaningful that I hope that'll resonate and that they'll really find inspirational because it is to me, and it's really all about how do we create an environment where our teammates thrive and then that translates into our customers and our communities thriving as well. And it's about building a culture, but I think you've made it clear in times I've heard you talk that this isn't to say that our culture isn't great as it is, right? It's this idea about where we're going and continuously evolving. Is that fair? That, that's absolutely fair. And you hear a lot about cultural transformation. And um, I was reading a book recently that I thought captured it really well when it said, 
almost no company has ever really gone through a cultural transformation. It's almost impossible for a large organization to completely change or transform its culture. And that's not what we would want to do anyway. There's a lot that's great about Bridgestone Americas today. We've got a phenomenal legacy and just a great group of caring, authentic, and resilient teammates, um, which is who we are today. And so we want to make sure that we keep what's great about today and then evolve toward what Ishibashi-san and Paolo have described as our third foundation, you know, how we need to sort of grow and evolve a bit for the future, but really anchored to the tremendous foundation that we have as a global organization and as Bridgestone Americas and the great culture we have today. We're not about creating a great place to work. We think we've got a great place to work. It's about creating an even better place to work. And you you use that kind of mantra, as you said, it was today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Uh, For listeners of the podcast, I think that's become very familiar. It's kind of the essence of the name of our podcast, and we've certainly used it as our tagline, so to speak, here. Um, But those words are very intentional, right, in terms of how you and the leadership group came up with that phrasing. Can you kind of break down what the today, tomorrow, together represents to you? Yeah, absolutely, Keith. And this is, I'll be very transparent with everybody. It's, it's still a little bit of a work in progress um, and we'll continue to, to get feedback because we want to know, you know, what what is resonating with people and want to make sure we have that teammate perspective in whatever we wind up with and also model how we want to work, which is in a more agile and flexible way. You know, this isn't going to be going on stone tablets that are going to be in the lobby from here until eternity. You know, we can learn and grow and evolve and, and, and change as the time. Well, it's on the podcast now. I don't know that's there's any walking it back, Jason. I mean, we're out there in the ether, sir. (laughs) Somehow I doubt that people will be listening to my podcast uh, many years in the future, but uh, I'm sure there'll be more and better to come. But no, so so as we think about it, the way we've kind of tried to capture today, tomorrow, and together, you know, today is all about what really makes Bridgestone America's a uniquely great culture today. And and it does come down to just the fantastic people that we have. And I bet if you talk to, you know, teammates across the organization and ask them, why do you stay at Bridgestone? Why do you love Bridgestone? You know, 90 plus percent will tell you it's the people. And that sounds like to an outsider that might sound like kind of a a trite or cheesy answer, but it's not. It's really kind of this family atmosphere and this large company that I truly do think is uniquely part of Bridgestone Americas and who we are. And, And when we think about what's great today, the way we're thinking about it right now is we are uniquely caring as an organization. Our people care about each other. They care about our customers. They care about our communities in really meaningful ways. We're a very authentic organization and, you know, ego doesn't work here. And it's something that, you know, we're down to earth and we'll roll up our sleeves and we'll get the job done. And we are who we are. And I think that resonates with people. And then we're also resilient as people. And we saw no better example of that than what we've gone through over the last year or so, right? And, And Bridgestone, we've certainly had our ups and downs over the years, more ups than downs, but we just have great people who who have managed to withstand and thrive through all circumstances. And I think that's exactly what we're doing now. And you see the remarkable success we had last year, all things considered in the face of all the challenges. And that is a credit to the resilience of our people. And then when we think about tomorrow, this these are areas where we've really shown in the last year that, that we can work in ways more like this, but there are areas where we know we need to develop and we need to focus on for the future, which is we need to work in more agile ways, more entrepreneurial ways, and more digital 
ways. And we're embracing a lot more of that. And we have a lot of proof points in our ability to do each of those over the course of the last year or so, but just want to keep a focus on that agility, that entrepreneurship and that digital orientation. And then the last piece, last but certainly not least, is the together piece. And in a way, this is kind of the most inspirational to me because it's all about, if you think about the Bridgestone essence, the integrity and teamwork, uh, this is all about teamwork. This is all about how do we work together to make this place, this company, all that we want it to be. And we're kind of refining some of the some of the verbiage exactly, but the concepts are there, which is, you know, we want a place that is inclusive and we want a place that is inspiring and we want a place that is trusting or empowering of our teammates. And, and, and that's what we're trying to create together. Um, and all of that comes together to, to hopefully create an environment where our teammates feel like they're thriving and, and really are thriving. It seems like taking a step back to look at how our company is built and operates. It's incredibly complex, right? You've got uh, different, almost mini cultures within different aspects of the organization. You've got retail stores and manufacturing and distribution facilities. You've got corporate offices, people in the field. And then on top of that, you layer in geographical borders, right, of countries and cultures. So how do you approach making this today together tomorrow is there a one size fits all or I guess how do you kind of attack that complexity in who we are as a company? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Keith. And I always tell people that I think sometimes we're a little hard on ourselves when we can't get things standardized quite in the full way that we want to. And it's because of what a diverse organization we are. I mean, you won't find a lot of places. And, and it's a great from an opportunity creation standpoint for our teammates, right? It, it, it We have a more diverse range of opportunities in terms of, like you said, plants, stores, distribution centers, you know, sales, marketing, functions, you name it. For an organization our size, you're not going to find very many that have the diverse range of opportunities that we do. But by the same token, the flip side of that is it's really hard to standardize things. If you think about, you know, there, there are huge organizations that have more people and are larger than we are, like probably a Walmart or a UPS or a FedEx that have far fewer kinds of operations and roles for people. And so it does make it hard to really say, here's our one size fits all. Here's our cookie cutter approach. And, and we're not trying to do that. I do think, and I fundamentally believe, you've got to have core principles that we all live by. And that's what's going to be reflected. Um, certainly, it starts with the Bridgestone assets, but that is going to be reflected in the North Star, and that's going to be reflected in the Our Team pillar specifically. But then exactly how that plays out on a day-to-day -day basis may look a little different in some locations than it does in others. You're going to have naturally some microcultures that are just part of the, the ethos or culture of an individual business or, or function or location. And that's okay. As long as we're all living by the same core principles, I, I think that's fine. And, and I think we just want to make sure that we create an environment for people you know, where they do feel included and inspired and trusted and empowered. And, and you can do that in a variety of different ways that might look a little bit different too, depending on someone's role, for example. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the resiliency, right, that's been on display of the last year with everything that the world has been through for 10 to 15 months. And how much of this approach to the our team, our pillar and these core values and where we're going with today, tomorrow together has come out of the last 10 to 15 months? Or was this in talks before and it's been accelerated? So I mean, how has it been either influenced or created by recent events? I think it has been to a great degree. I, I do think we 
we would be working on this right now, regardless of the pandemic. I, I think the pandemic has, and what we've gone through together over the last year, has certainly accelerated some aspects of it. You know, kind of the our way to work, the flexibility concept, certainly I think is is more prominent and it seems more achievable now than it would have a year ago. Um, and I think when you think about the focus on agility and entrepreneurship and digital, I, I think a the degree of focus on it, it has ratcheted up just from what we've seen over the last last year or so. And then also, I think some it has provided encouraging signs of our ability to do that. Um, and so I do think there's an acceleration and an emphasis that what we've gone through over the last year has created. But I do think what we're creating here under the, under the North Star and the Our Team Pillar, it's not designed to be a you know two or three year program and then let's you know shift it and, and change it up completely with a different framework altogether. You know a few years from now, this is designed to be lasting. Certainly, elements underneath it might tweak over time, but this is intended to be something that's here for the long haul. And so, I think we would still be doing this, but we might not be doing it as quickly or as emphatically in some ways uh, as we would have if we hadn't had the experience we've had over the last year. Yeah, we, we might be sitting face to face and having this conversation as opposed <laughs> to me exactly. standing in my closet at home talking to you. I'd right? probably have to be wearing you know business clothing and, and, and sitting there in an office somewhere and, and, and commuting in and fighting traffic. Exactly. I may or may not be wearing mesh shorts right now. That's that remained to be decided at a, at a different point for fact checking. But to kind of wrap up, combining two questions about what is this kind of vision? What is this culture dependent on as far as, you know, people getting on board and believing in it? And also, how will we know that teammates are thriving? Like, are there things that we can see that say we are we're delivering and we're seeing the results that this was intended to create? Yeah. So, so I think to, to the first part of the question, all of what we're committing to also involves reciprocal commitment. You know, and a great example is the career development that I talked about earlier. You'll hear from Erica Walsh, uh, I believe, as part of this podcast as well. And Erica is a great example of this, which is there are a lot of opportunities out there, but you also have to own your own career. It doesn't mean that somebody is going to, you know, map out a, a menu or a roadmap or, you know, something for you and say, here's what you should do at this point in time. And then you move here and then you go here. You have to own your own career and things pivot and change. The world is more agile. And, you know, Erica is one great example of somebody whose career has done that um, and somebody who's thrived at Bridgestone by making that reciprocal commitment. And that's what we need from teammates. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, I want to feel included. It's the flip side of that to say, I need to make others feel included as well. And, and it's all of our roles to create an environment where everybody feels included and, and where, you know, we can all bring our best selves to work. And it's not just about me, it's about we. Um, and so that's what we really need from teammates is, is that level of commitment. The second part of the question, I think I've already forgotten after uh, <laughs> after my spiel. But. Well, it, it's and it's just how do we know that that we're delivering right, on? Right. How do we know teammates are thriving? Yeah, absolutely. And human behavior is not like you know making tires, for example. You you can't. There's no <laughs> numerical equivalent to to say, yep, if we've done this, then you know check the box. And, well, I've and got it, that it, proprietary it, knowledge. I just haven't it, shared if it with you, anybody. If you yet. do, yes. you can bottle it and sell it, and you'll be you'll be living a nice life. Um, that you'll be thriving financially for sure. <laughs> uh, but but. Uh, 
no, I, I do think you have to look at it in, in totality. You know, and some of it, to be honest, and this may sound goofy, is a feeling. And you'll you'll get a sense of, of that feeling of how our teammates doing. And as I tried to encapsulate it, I think thriving is part and parcel of a sense of a few things. And there's no magic to defining it, but a few words that came to mind for me were a sense of optimism and a sense of opportunity, a sense of belonging and a sense of well-being. And I think when you put all those together in a holistic way, if somebody feels optimistic, if they feel like they have true equitable opportunities, if they feel a sense of belonging to their teammates and their leader and their community and their uh, organization, and then if a sense of well-being, which is more important than ever, that physical, financial, and psychological well-being that are all so much more prominent in terms of focus today as a result of what we've seen through the pandemic, then I think I think that's what thriving is about to me. And we're going to be looking at ways, you know, how do you gauge, how are we doing in all of these respects? You know, do teammates feel a sense of optimism and opportunity? You know, do people feel a sense of belonging and inclusion? And how are we doing in terms of teammate well-being? And we're going to be looking at ways, you know, to try and measure those, but we'll probably have to look at a wide range of measures that'll give us a holistic sense of, you know, really how are people doing? And and then we'll uh, review and check and adjust over time. And, and it is a journey. And there may be some, you know, peaks and valleys and, and ebbs and flows that we'll, we'll have to learn from and, and improve. And that's just, that's life. Um, but we're all on the journey together. And that's what's, uh, that's what's most important. Jason, I do appreciate the insight you've shared here. Uh, it's very helpful to kind of dive into what we aspire to be and continue to, to be on this journey together. So thank you so much for taking the time. Terrific. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me. So we'll keep a finger on the pulse of our team and make sure to check the vibe on our efforts to thrive. But of course, it's important for all of us to be engaged and committed to the journey. As Jason noted, Erica Walsh is a pretty good example of that. Her career path includes some roles she never would have imagined when she joined Bridgestone two decades ago, but keeping an open mind throughout her career has opened new doors along the way to continuously foster development and growth. Now as a leader, she's working hard to help create similar opportunities for others. Let's dive in. Well, joined by Erica Walsh, Executive Director of Firestone Agricultural Tire Sales here at Bridgestone, but a person, that title is is just the latest in a series, right, of uh, a career steps around the business, and we're interested in exploring the journey to this point. And Erica, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we, we have a lot of different areas to kind of explore, if you will. And I think we'd like to go to the beginning because I think in talking to you and getting to, to know you, we've learned that your entrance into Bridgestone maybe wasn't exactly targeted. Uh, it maybe wasn't exactly what you had studied, but it was kind of a see it, feel it out and see where it ends up. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that is accurate. So kind of go back to 2000 and I was just finishing up grad school at Auburn University and, you know, trying to figure out what was next for me and actually did some campus interviewing. So Bridgestone was on campus at Auburn um, interviewing candidates for different roles. And I came across a recruiter named Lamar Edwards. And after a couple of conversations with Lamar, I quickly found myself in Nashville, you know, interviewing to work with Bridgestone and to be part of what was called the Navigator Training Program. 
it was the first year that they had started this program and it was supposed to give you the opportunity to learn a little bit more about the organization, you know, as a whole, to give you a chance to learn about, you know, different parts of the business and get a chance to spend a little bit of time in each of those different parts of the business over the course of about six months. So it was a, a really great opportunity. And I think that, you know, ability to have exposure to so many different things is actually what helped me to make that final decision to actually come to Bridgestone. Yeah. And, and I think that's why we, I wanted to start there because I think a lot of people, you, you think about, they have very specific roles or very specific training and they're, they interviewed or applied for a specific job at Bridgestone to start a journey. You kind of, you, you saw an opportunity to come into a company that is large and has a lot of different and varied opportunities. Um, and now your story is kind of a, a Bridgestone story, right? In terms of how you navigated from the Navigator program, if you will, uh, over the years, where did it take? Take you from there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm an engineer by training. So that certainly, I think, helped me select kind of different places to go, but certainly have gone beyond just the engineering realm. Started out um, in corporate quality assurance, um, which kind of gave me exposure to raw material suppliers. I got to know a little bit about our own manufacturing processes. And from there, I decided I wanted to know a little bit more about the product and the end users. So I moved from there into a field engineering sales engineering role. And that really is where I started to get more of a love of the commercial business and started working with our truck customers um, and our truck OEMs. And it was just a great compliment and kind of what I knew about the plants and knew about, you know, our raw materials and things that were coming into the process. I was finally learning a little bit about the other side of the process and, you know, how we really engaged with those end users. And I absolutely loved that aspect of the business. From there, I decided to get into marketing, and that gave me a different way to engage with those end users and customers, and I really found myself enjoying that quite a bit. And the way things always go, right, like I was starting to get comfortable, and this kind of crazy opportunity came about to actually go to Japan and to work in the Innovation Center. So, complete right-hand turn, <laughs> not like anything I'd ever done, but I would say that kind of starts the next little other half of my career, right? So the first half was kind of, you know, the first 10 years. And then, you know, that's really a pivot point for me in about 2012 with going to Japan. Well, it, it would seem like you'd have to have a mindset of being open to opportunities like Japan, but also others, right? If, you, uh, if you're an engineer by trade, but you start in quality assurance, you see some different exposure, different areas of the business. I'm sure there are things that overlap in your skill set and your knowledge, but also new things to learn. And that's got to be maybe unnerving to some degree, but also you have to have a mindset maybe that you, you want that challenge or you want to explore that. Is that fair? Absolutely. I think that's one thing that I've really found at Bridgestone is the breadth of businesses that we have and the breadth of different departments within the organization that you can work in. There's so much to continue to learn, right? If that's something that you enjoy, and I do, right? I like to continue to learn. I like to continue to solve problems. I like complex problems. So it's for me, it's given me the opportunity to keep learning, keep challenging myself. So, you know, from innovation, like I've now found myself back in a business and, and in sales, and it's every day is really a new opportunity or a new challenge to figure something out or to work with new people, right, or to solve a new problem. And, and that's just really rewarding for me. And it, it really does make me like excited to go to work every day. 
Yeah. Most How days, you, right? <laughs> de- depends on the day. Yeah. But, right, the, but yes. hopefully the, the, I guess the goal is to have most of them uh, be good days compared right. to bad days. Right. So right. Uh, how have you, I guess, seen then the development programs? And, and we certainly see the opportunities because of, as you noted, the breadth of the business that is out there. Um, but as far as like individual development, leadership development offered by the company, I'm sure that has probably evolved a lot over the course of 20 years with the company. What does that perspective look like to you? How did you maybe take advantage or be able to take advantage of some of the programs? And also, how have you taken some of it on your own? Yeah, great question. So I do think the Navigator training program that I first participated in, you know, right out of college 20 years ago, I do think that was very progressive. So it was something that was unique and certainly did draw me to the company. But from there, we've done a lot to continue to engage a broader group of people and to engage people at different points along their career path. So I think that's what's really changed is that it's something that can reach more people and it's something that can reach you no matter where you are in your path. And I think that's just incredibly important because what I needed 20 years ago is really different than what I need today, but I still want to grow and learn. So I think we've done a really nice job of kind of meeting people where they are and allowing them wherever they are in the organization to find a way to grow, you know, and develop. To your question on how much of it does the organization provide versus how much is it really the teammate seeking it out? I've had a good balance of both. So there are definitely programs like the Six Sigma Black Belt program. There are the Ignition program. There are different things that are out there, Women Unlimited, different things that you can participate in that are certainly helpful, right? And I'm so grateful that we offer as an organization and lots of people have been impacted by them and benefited from them. But I think there's also that element of we know ourselves best, right? And we know what our interests are and we know where our own perceived gaps might be. So I think there's also this great opportunity with such the big organization that we have to find ad hoc opportunities for yourself and to kind of craft these unique opportunities or unique paths for yourself in working with your management or your leadership. And I can give you a couple of examples of of things that I've done at kind of different points in my career. So when I was a much younger quality assurance engineer, I had a really great interest in learning more about our mold manufacturing process or our mold procurement process. We don't actually make the molds, but we purchase them. But I was really interested in that. And, you know, as a really young engineer, I put together a proposal for my leadership to go on like a 25-day journey through actually Europe, believe it or not, which was a, a, a nice element to this. You well, can that's, see. A, that's a nice way to frame it. All right, Erica. Yeah. I'm going to look into a proposal like that myself. Yeah. You can see why I propose this, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the opportunity and having the ability to work with our leadership and put together something that they were willing to look at and something that I could sell them on that was mutually beneficial w- was great. And I don't think that's something that you can do just anywhere. So that was fantastic opportunity for me, but it also enabled me to give back more to the organization through my knowledge, my relationships, and the experiences that I had over the course of time. But when I was in the innovation space, I had done a little bit of work out at Stanford University um, on some design thinking methodology and, you know, gotten to know a few folks and had been working with them on kind of showcasing a few of the things that we were doing, you know, back at Bridgestone and 
from there, it developed into an opportunity for me to go spend a semester out in Palo Alto at Stanford. And thankfully, my management and leadership was very open to it. And again, just a phenomenal professional development opportunity for me. Certainly one that wouldn't have been available if I hadn't taken an active role in helping the organization understand what it did for both of us. Yeah. I guess as you, you reflect on those opportunities, there's a there's a portion of it that is you taking the initiative there on your own, combined with the opportunities that may be available to you at Bridgestone. As you look at the culture as a whole across your 20 years, do you feel like the company has continuously invested in the right areas? And and certainly now, I think we look at it in the last 12 months, things have moved so quickly in a lot of the changing uh, nature of our doing our day-to-day jobs at all levels in the pandemic. And Bridgestone is making other changes in strategic investments to support employees. Do you feel like that evolution has been consistent or been in the focus to keep serving teammates across your, your tenure here? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's definitely looked different. I think there's probably been times, like you just said, that we accelerated and times where we coasted a little bit more. But I do think that it's evident, right, how much we are investing and how much focus there is on teammates today. And I absolutely love that. Again, like 20 years into my career, there are so many things that I still have to learn and to experience. And I feel like I'm in a good place personally where I can continue to get that appropriate amount of development and the opportunities. And I see that for others as well, those who are on my team, those who are my peers, those that I work with within my network. And I I think we have done a really nice job, again, of enabling a wide variety of opportunities for a wide variety of people. Do you, I guess, what's been the impact of the last year for you? I'm sure it's it's very different than <laughs> a, a year ago. And I, how do you approach it with your team as, as a leader of others? Um, I guess reflecting on how you liked to be managed when you were coming up through the company and the leaders that you had. How does it, how has it all come together to your current approach to team building and team leading, but also doing so in this weird, wild world of a pandemic? Yeah, I think none of us could have imagined what we've done over the past 12 months. It's really been a learning experience for all of us, I think. I'd say I certainly wear a lot more yoga pants than I've ever worn. (laughs) For me, I've always enjoyed working with leaders who I think are just incredibly real, who are very approachable and share the challenges and the opportunities that they see ahead. So I think that's that's something that I've certainly taken with me as I now lead people. I have a five-year-old at home. The pandemic certainly brought a number of challenges for us, even before a pandemic. It's hard having a young child and, and doing anything else in your life. Why not make it more difficult? Here you go. Exactly. <laughs> Let's close schools for a few months, see how you can handle that. But that's definitely part of, of my life. And that's part of how I come in every single day. So like, I don't try to hide those things from my team. I try to just embrace it and and make everyone aware. And I invite them to do the same. So I know that every one of my teammates have their own unique situation. We have teammates across the US and Canada. So like, there's always something slightly different going on in their geography or with their families. And, And that's okay. We find a way that we can all still make the most of a situation and be flexible and find times to have conversations when we can or meet when we can and make an environment that works for all of us. 
I'm not sure I answered your question there. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's fair. Right? I mean, it's just taking into account a lot of the influence of your past, but having to react in a way that feels natural. It seems to be a leader and a teammate, and uh, in a, in a situation that is always evolving. I mean, the realness of it all is maybe one of the most important things because we're all going through something together, but individually, and all you can do is try to be real about it. <laughs> yes, and make the most of the situation that we have at hand. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time. I think. As we continue to go down this journey of the North Star vision and particularly the pillar that is focused on our people, that is focused on building a culture where our teammates can thrive regardless of the level that they are at. I think you're one of the people we wanted to talk to because you're, like I said, a Bridgestone story, 20 years with the company coming in out of college and can really just paint a great example of uh, navigating uh, opportunities there, but also taking some things into your own initiative and, and driving it forward. So we thank you for sharing your experience and your time. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. Great talking to you today. Certainly, what it means to thrive at Bridgestone will look and feel a little different for everyone. But hopefully, this conversation helps outline a few of the attributes we're looking for, like agile, empowered, inclusive, and focused on development and well-being. Those will all help us build the culture and the team we believe will help us deliver on our North Star vision. As always, we hope you'll share this podcast with your fellow teammates, and we'd love to hear your feedback and ideas as we plan future episodes. We are looking for great stories, looking forward to meeting more of our great people, and just exploring the different areas of our business. You can send an email to thrivepodcast at bfusa.com and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep on keeping on. And remember, as Jason Fisher says, at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody. Be good, everybody.